You're listening to episode 237 of the Master Your Mind, Business, and Life podcast. Have you ever thought about traveling the world as a nomad? What about starting and running a business while traveling the world? That's exactly what this week's guest did. Ann Klassen helps podcasters to increase their impact, reach their ideal clients, and monetize their podcast. She does that by offering masterminds, online courses, and DFY podcast production with her team at The Podcast Babes. She has grown her business and podcast from scratch while traveling the world as a digital nomad. Within this episode, we discuss everything from understanding why Anne leaned into the digital nomad life, started a business while traveling, lessons she learned, and even the impact that the pandemic had on her lifestyle, plus so much more. While you're listening today, be sure to screenshot and share that you're listening. Share that on Instagram stories. Tag me in it at MindBizLife. And let's start a conversation. This episode is brought to you by Spiritually Seeking. When you go to spiritually-seeking.com and enter the promo code PODCAST at checkout, you can save 20% on numerology reports, affirmation cards, and life guidance sessions. Go to spiritually-seeking.com and enter the promo code PODCAST at checkout. Okay, are you ready to meet Anne and learn all about digital nomad life? You know what to do. Tune in, turn it up, let's go. You're listening to Master Your Mind, Business and Life. Conversations with everyday world shifters, truth seekers, and rule breakers. Here's your host, Lauren Smith. Hey, Anne. Welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me today. Hey, Lauren. Thank you so much for having me. We did a conversation on your podcast. I think it was last month. And I'm so happy that you're now in the hot spot. So, Anne, you're not only a business owner, but you're a digital nomad. So tell us, what made you jump into the life of being a digital nomad? Oh, yeah. It has been a journey. <laughs> <laughs> so, um. When uh, years ago, I went to university and my goal was always to become a lawyer. So I went to law school, got all my degrees. I also went to business school. Uh, I don't know why, actually, but I did that. You're Um, just doing the most out here. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't really know what the thought was there, but um, that's kind of helpful now. But (laughs) yeah, for sure. But I studied long and hard, got all my degrees. And then I realized that I really didn't want to be a lawyer. Yeah. that was just I I just couldn't see myself sitting in an office uh 60 hours per week or more um just no that that was just not me I just right. didn't uh, I did some internships too and I I just didn't like it at all uh but I was really lost on what it was that I that I didn't want to do like I was I was just completely lost so um, I, I thought about it for a few months, couldn't figure it out. So after getting all my degrees, I, um, I made a decision to just go and travel. I always plan to travel between university and starting, starting my career. But um, yeah, there was no job lined up or anything. And that was my original plan. So I decided to just go and yeah. see what happens. Um, so that's what I did. I left my home country, which is the Netherlands, in um, in September 2018. And um, I traveled in Asia. We did the whole backpacking thing. 
um, partied a lot, um, <laughs> didn't watch owls, <laughs> very cultural. And then I went to Australia to do my working holiday, still had no clue what I wanted to do, like literally no clue. Yeah. Um, I worked on a strawberry farm in Australia. Shut up, that's uh, so cool. Was, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> it was an experience. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and no, but it was it was actually not that bad, but I wouldn't do it again. Yeah, but it was a good experience. It also gave me the time to really think about what I wanted to do because I had all this time just picking strawberries. Um, so I was all by myself, just listening to music or to podcasts or just to my own thoughts mm. and having the opportunity to actually listen to my thoughts and what just to, I don't know, just spend so much time with myself uh, yeah, that gave me the opportunity to really come up with a plan. And what I realized is that I don't want to work a nine to five. I don't want to work like a normal job, quote unquote. That's right. just that's just not me. Like I didn't want to go back and then work in an office. Um, so I decided maybe I considered teaching English in Vietnam. Um, I'm not a native English speaker, so that is difficult. It's, it's supposed to be difficult to get a job. So I was like, mm, I don't know, I don't know. And then I I read about online business. I read about a course that someone took, uh, a virtual assistant course, to start to work online. So I was like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to look into this course. So I took the course and it was really really broad like they talked about blogging social media email management and also podcast management mm. and that module was like ooh, interesting yeah um I always listen to a lot of podcasts so I was like oh are people actually doing this for a living like is this an actual job so I was very interested in that so I just decided to try it out I got my first few clients um, just through networking the course also had a Facebook group and then just building my network that's how I got my first few clients got into podcast management and it just yeah went from there I started my so when I started my business I was just a, a freelancer doing podcast management and now um, in the past I, that was more than a year and a half ago so now I I pivoted to my business a few months ago into more podcast strategy which is funny because my master's in business is strategy oh. so it really came full circle <laughs> it really did it really did and I'm sure that you know all of your knowledge in law too just helps you on that back end of business as well protecting yourself and also making sure that the creative side is being protected and you can help that with your clients as well well I must say that um in my in my law in law school, they really teach you how to think, how to draw in between the lines. Mm. Really, it's it's really right or wrong. Um, this is the right answer, and everything else is wrong. And in business, that's just not how it is. Yeah. Um, and also, when we started law school, one of the um, one of the teachers actually said, "Okay, so um, all the creativity that you have in you." that will not be there when you end law school like Stop. we will make sure that that all goes away no and that was like a joke but that I but mean also yeah. true <laughs> also kind of true so yeah. I've also been like unlearning a lot of the stuff that I learned in law school to be completely honest mm -hmm. like 
That's of course, huge. like you always get new skills. And um, it's not that I totally regret going to law school, but it's maybe not as helpful as it sounds. No, no. I, I love that you're so honest and authentic about that because I think that's, I resonate with that as well. Like when I went to university, there's this piece of me that is still unlearning a lot of the narrative that was told to me. And I'm like, okay, well maybe that, that worked for you. Right. Because a lot of the times when you're being told this, it's just by a professor. So that's one person's Mm -hmm. opinion. That's their perception of the world. Like that's what they're trying to mold, what they're trying to do. And it doesn't give you that freedom to just be yourself and have your own thoughts, your own identity of like, making up your own mind too. So I love that you, you can recognize that you're unlearning a lot of what didn't suit you as part of, of part of your journey, but still acknowledging that it was a vital part of your journey as well. Yeah. I also think that if I would have started my business, um, seven years before I did now, then it would probably look completely different. And, um, yeah, I don't know. Like I, I probably just needed this experience of going to university, going to law school to also realize that I didn't want to be a lawyer Mm. because otherwise maybe I'm still, I was, I would still be wondering like, Ooh, maybe I wanted, I would have be been a lawyer by now. Like, Oh, what if, what if, but now I'm like, nah, tried it out. Not my thing. Move on. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. And you gave yourself permission to do it as well and not like see it as like, oh, I could be wasting this or I wasted my time. Like, no, it's just not for me. And that's okay. So we're going to find what is for me. Yeah. I love that. So when you were, when you went to Asia, were you traveling alone or did you have like a travel buddy? Um, it was like on and off with friends. So when I left, my first stop was Indonesia and I was there with a, with a friend from back home. So um, she joined me for the first month. Um, after that, I was alone for maybe a week or two weeks. And then another friend came over and I traveled with her for a few months. And then I was alone for a while again. And then my sister came and yeah, so it was on and off with other people. Know. How did you do in your time alone? What did you find yourself doing or like the lessons that came up of of just being alone? It was challenging. It's so scary. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But um, so what I did was I went to a party hostel Mm -hmm. and a few years ago, if you would have told me that I would go to a party hostel, I would just laugh. (laughs) No way. But now I just, I, my my whole thought was okay what is the easiest way to make new friends fast yeah probably just to drink beer with people that's right so I went to this party <laughs> also and it was intense it was so intense <laughs> I walked in and everyone was drinking by the pool and there was really loud music and I just walked in there with my backpack like kind of like hi and everyone like yelled at me and welcome and I was so overwhelmed (laughs) I was like oh my god what have I got myself into yeah um so I went to my room took a really deep breath and just went to the bar ordered a beer and just talked to the first person I saw (laughs) oh I love that I love that way to work your confidence and I love that that's such a good message too because you could have easily just gone to your room and stayed there 
I thought about it. Yeah. I really <laughs> considered it. I was like, you know what? Maybe I'm just gonna lay here in my bed and just read a book or something, just be yeah. by myself. And I was like, no, I came here to make friends and I will make friends. Yeah. And I did. It was really easy to make friends, actually. And still, um, I think if I would travel now and I would and I would be by myself, I would probably go to a party hostel as well. Maybe not not to stay there, but just to hang out at the bar and meet people because it's just so easy. They always have all these events. They always play beer pong. And I don't yeah. know, they always have like games that you can play with other people. And it's so easy to meet people. Yeah, you can just kind of blend in and just make yourself like part of it. Just, just kind of yes. go in. When, when you went to, when you were on, in, uh, you said Indonesia first, that's where you first went. Um, yeah. had you been to Indonesia before or any of the Asian countries or was this a totally new experience for you? Um, I ha- no, I didn't go to Indonesia before that, but I did go to Malaysia. Um, so that is an Asian country. It was, um, kind of similar and I went there with my mom which was hilarious I did a backpacking trip with my mom a few years ago (laughs) and when we were there we met some people who were traveling by themselves and they told us how it was and that it was actually fine and um yeah we we met this one girl and she had the same name as me she came from the same country so that was that was really (laughs) fun and she told us all about her travels um and that really sparked my interest, like, oh, okay, that's that's really interesting because I always traveled a lot, but I always felt like I I just had to go with someone else and that I was not really free, 100% free to go when I wanted. I was always like, okay, when can we go together? And then we yeah. have to um, like put our schedules together to find a, the right time. And and now when, when I talked to her, I was like, oh, okay, you know, like people are doing this. This is actually a thing. And um, she had such a good time and she told us about that. So yeah, that really sparked my interest. And I was like, okay, well, if all these people do it, then I can probably do it too. And worst case scenario, I just go home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Like there's always home. That's that, that safe spot. Did you have any culture shock when you were going to any of the places that you had been like was that ever an experience that you had oh in every place yeah like still when I go to a different country I still got a culture shock and the the funniest thing is even when I came back home which was only last August I had such a big culture shock (laughs) Mm. I you know I, I always have that yeah because I the first time that I had gone I actually Indonesia was the first um, Asian country I had gone to actually, I mean, except for like my short layover in like Thailand, but you know, that doesn't, that doesn't count. So Indonesia. And I remember like getting off the plane and like the excitement, right? Like you're just like so pumped. And then, and then it all hit me. Like I'm very used to like, I'm in the States, right? So we have really strict driving laws and, Oh yeah. I don't have any laws there. No, you got no (laughs) laws there. So when I'm seeing like these people on a moped and it's like a mom, a dad and three kids, like a baby smashed (laughs) in between them and they're like Z in and out. I was sitting in the back of the car. I am not exaggerating. I was like holding my knees like to my chest and I was breathing like really deep because it was giving me such bad anxiety. Like the traffic. And I was like, what is going on? Like, what is going on? And the girl I was traveling with, she was like, it's okay. Like breathe. And then a couple of days later we had, um, 
a personal driver for our house. And a couple of days later, his name was Molo. And Molo was like, oh, you don't want to get, uh, you know, a motorbike. And I was like, Molo, do you, do you have kids? And he was like, yeah, a daughter. And I was like, do you let her ride one? He's like, oh, no, no, too dangerous. <laughs> and I was like, Molo, <laughs> what are you trying to get me to do here, sir? You know, but I was still like in that. I mean, I was there for two weeks. And I think I had just after a week really started to like feel, you know, I was like, okay, I got the ropes of this. I understand a lot more. And then when I came home, I was overwhelmed by choices. Like the grocery Mm -hmm. stores overwhelmed me. And I wasn't expecting that when I came back. So how do you kind of decompress when you're feeling that overwhelm of the culture shock? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, what I try to do is to have some some things in my in my suitcase that um, make me feel at home um, mm. to get rid of that overwhelm and of that feeling of like anxiety and blah. Um, so I try to listen to a playlist that I would also listen to like before that, just to, that makes me feel at, uh, at home. And I have this meditation eye pillow you know, those Ooh. things for your eyes. It's it's really relaxing and it smells like lavender and chamomile and all these relaxing smells. So I just, I would use that just to make it smell like home. And um, what I, yeah, what I have now, I didn't have it back then, but what I have now is just where my laptop is, is also where my business is. So I can always work. I can just pick pick up work where I left it off and that also made me really feel like home when I went to a new place like you know what it doesn't matter what is going on all around me because here on my laptop it's still the same and that really helped me yes did you ever struggle when you were when you were doing your freelancing and traveling of not having like wi-fi like how do you work when wi-fi is kind of sketchy I never really had issues with Wi-Fi. Oh, you lucky um, duck. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I do. Like my first, I, I am the person that asks Airbnb hosts how the Wi-Fi is and if they can run a speed test for me. So I definitely became that person. No, but, that's, a tip. that's a really great <laughs> I, tip. Yeah, but I, I just, yeah, I never really had any problem with it. What I always do is I always buy a local SIM card for my phone. So if something happens to the internet in the Airbnb where we're staying, then I would just hotspot from my phone. Mm. But that barely ever happened. Mm. What are some of the bigger struggles that you kind of encountered as a digital nomad? Hmm. I think, well, the pandemic has been quite a big oh, struggle. To yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's dive into um, that. How does that just like kind of sh- jolted you because you go from freely traveling to lockdowns (laughs) yeah it has not been great um when the pandemic hit so last year I was in Thailand with a friend she came to visit me there and we were supposed to travel there for about two weeks together and just yeah just literally at that time the whole world was getting into lockdowns and borders were closing and we were quite stressed about that. Mm-hmm. I was actually planning to go home um, with her to, to the Netherlands. We booked, I think, this, the same flight home um, after a year and a half abroad. Um, so I was like, okay, you know what? Like, that's perfect. You're going to the Netherlands. I'll just join you and then I'll just visit home. Yeah. And 
um, yeah, so while we were traveling together, we were in Thailand and everything was fine. Like, as in we could just do what we wanted to do. There was no lockdown yet, but we were, we kept checking the news. Like, can we still go home? (laughs) And um, we actually decided, she decided to go home a few days earlier. And I decided to go to Bali because before that I met a guy, which is now my boyfriend. Ah. Yeah, whole other story, but I decided (laughs) to not go home and to go to Bali to see him and to, yeah, kind of, well, your whole idea was to wait out the pandemic there, Um, (laughs) but that didn't go as planned because it uh, took way longer than we expected. So I spent five months on Bali with him, which was kind of awesome. I mean, it was awesome to spend time with him and to really get to know him. We got to know each other really well. I mean, yeah. in lockdown, you're together, thrown into it. Yeah, <laughs> you cannot see anyone else. So it was kind of like all in. Yeah, twenty four seven together. So that was uh, a good experience, though. Like, um, and. Yeah, it was strange because you're kind of checking the news every day. I tried to get away from that a little bit. I just let him check the news because I got um, a little bit of anxiety from that. Just too, too much, too much information. Like, oh my God, I just couldn't handle all the, all the numbers. And um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah. Was it easy for you to then go back to the Netherlands after a certain amount of time or did they have to lift restrictions there or how did that play out? Well, in theory, it was always, um, it was always possible to go back to the Netherlands, but there were no flights for a while, which was fine. We kind of counted on that. We kind of saw that coming. So that was totally fine. And then and then we decided to stay. Well, um, in the end, we stayed for five months. After about three months, we were like, mm, should we go back? But we decided to stay because in Europe, it was so bad. Like there were so many Corona cases. And on Bali, it was really fine, actually. Yeah. There were some cases, but not many. So our our whole strategy was to just stay away from the city, the big city, Dampasar. Um, We just didn't go there. And we didn't see many people yeah there were no events or anything like that but other than that the beach has been was closed for a few weeks but that opened up again and life was actually pretty normal it was quiet but normal and then we were like okay are we going back to Europe where everything is crazy and there was a strict lockdown or are we just staying here where it's nice and sunny and um, we could just go to the gym and go to the beach for sunset. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we did that for five months. And then after five months, there were a lot of things happening with visa requirements and, and everything. Oh, yeah. So before that, we actually had a two month visa, but we got an emergency visa. You didn't have to do anything for that. You just got it automatically. So you didn't have to go to the immigration office. Nothing. You didn't have to apply for it. You just got it. So you could just stay. Um, which was really nice. But then all of a sudden, the Balinese government was like, okay, so now you have to go to the immigration office and apply for, I don't know, a new visa. And you get it if you have this visa, but not if you have another visa. And it was all really, really complicated (laughs) and very unclear. So everyone was like, what's going to happen? 
And I just saw that as a sign that it is probably time to go back home for a while. Mm. And by that time, it, it, has, it was two years since I left. So wow. it was also, it was time. Yeah, I'm sure like too, it just, it kind of felt good to be home. But do you have the, the travel bug just itching again? Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. So I came home and I was here for a month. And then I went to Germany to live there with my boyfriend um so then we lived there together for five months and now I'm back home again or like kind of quote-unquote home um in my family's house um and I was planning to leave again to the Canary Islands and in theory I could go there but I need I mean I need a COVID test before I I hop on the plane and then when I'm there I need another COVID test and that's it so it's not it's not that difficult to go. Yeah. But what I what I realize is if if I'm there, I cannot just visit home easily because then you have to look up all the rules that are in place now and it changes every week or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you have to take a test and oh, I don't know, and then quarantine. But when I if you would come to the Netherlands now, you ha- you would have to quarantine for 14 or 10 days, no 10 days. So that is also like, you cannot just visit for a week. Right. So I was like, oh, I'm really not looking forward to dealing with all of that. <laughs> yeah, it puts it so things in like, perspective, I'm sure of like, what, yes. what can my anxiety and also like, just what do I want to deal with when it comes to traveling? Because we all have limits of like what we're, we're willing to do and not do. Yes, absolutely. And I, I just made a decision that for now, I really value the time that I'm spending with my family. And I also see this as an opportunity to just stay put for a while and just do some work. And I don't know, just spend time with my family. That's, I, yeah, that's, that's quite unique for me to spend so much time with my family. So I just want to enjoy that as much as I can. And we want to travel again, but, um, we're not really in a rush, actually. I, re- I really enjoy it now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's good that you get that time to settle. And I'm sure that when life picks back up and you'll be on the road, busy again, then you'll have this time that you spent with your family to just like really appreciate that you had it too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And also that I don't I don't have to feel guilty if I don't come home for another year because I'm like, okay, now I just, I like build up all this like (laughs) backlog of quality time. (laughs) Yes. No, I feel you. I actually haven't seen my family in almost two years. So like, I, I get that too. And I always think it's easier when you can spend a mass amount of time with them versus like just a weekend, because then you're pulled in so many different directions with like a very short visit of so many people wanting to see you and spend time with you. So almost that extended stay allows you to just give more of you to more people as well. Like you have quality time, not just you're getting five minutes of my face and hi, how yeah, you doing? True. <laughs> yeah, so true. Absolutely. Like, I feel like if it's only a weekend, then it's like, okay, now we have to have a good time together. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like we can't just chill and be boring together and hang out, you know, like yeah. have some laughs. Well, if we are, you know, thinking of a world that's open again and free of travel. And there's someone who still wants to lean into this digital nomad lifestyle. What's one big tip or takeaway that you could give to them as they start this journey? 
Hmm, I think, oh, I have money. I think just know that it's possible, that it's super possible. Like, I am not that special. Um, So many different people are doing so many different things. And um, I want, yeah, I think I want to tell you that um, digital nomad life, it's not one lifestyle. It's actually it can look completely different for for different people. So it gives you a lot of freedom to create your own schedule and your own your own life, basically. So some people, they literally work nine to five on their laptops. And then afterwards, they go to watch the sunset. And that's their day. Other people, they only work in the mornings and then go on adventures and hiking or I don't know. Um, some people like to go to co-working spaces, other people like to work from home. Um, it can really literally look like the way you want it. Mm-hmm. Um, so know that it's possible and know that you have so much freedom to also make it your own lifestyle. There's not one digital nomad lifestyle. It's, um, it's literally what you make of it. Oh, that's such a great tip and a beautiful ending point. And will you tell our audience where they can go to learn more about you and connect with you further? Yeah, absolutely. So I have a podcast about digital nomad life, which is kind of like my hobby podcast. (laughs) I just talk to other digital nomads um, about their life and why they decided to become a digital nomad and I share their stories. So the podcast is called Digital Nomad Stories. Perfect. Um, So you can find me there. I also, so my business is that I help podcasters in monetizing their podcast. Um, And my business name is The Podcast Babes. And I also have a podcast for that, which is also called The Podcast Babes. So um, you can also find me there and also Instagram at The Podcast Babes. Um, Facebook, uh, Pinterest. I'm always the podcast babes. Awesome. I'll be sure to link it in case anyone needs help finding it. But Anne, you are such a bright light and I love the work that you're doing and the space that you're holding. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Lauren. It was great to continue our conversation. As mentioned earlier, Anne and I had a double dose of podcast fun as I was also on her podcast. I love collaborations like this and I really appreciate and value the work that Anne is doing. I've linked Anne's website and social channels on this week's episode notes found on mindbizlife.com. Don't forget to let me know what resonated with you on today's episode. Share that feedback with me on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, all at mindbizlife. And drop a five-star rating review on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you tune in and turn it up. I'm back on Friday for another episode of Fuel Your Life Friday. But until then, remember, every level of life is an opportunity to grow. Be well, my friend.